Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Course Aviation Incorporated second quarter 2021 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Thursday, August 12, 2021. I would like to turn the conference over to, to Natalie McGann, Vice President of Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for our second quarter 2021 conference call and audio webcast. With me today from course are Joe Randall, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Gary Osborne, Chief Financial Officer. We'll start by giving a brief overview of the results and then go on to questions from the analyst community. Because some of the discussion in this call may be forward-looking, I direct your attention to the caution regarding forward-looking information and statements, which are subject to various risks and uncertainties and assumptions that are included or referenced in our management's discussion and analysis of the results and operations of Chorus Aviation, Inc. for the period ended June 30, 2021. The Outlook section and other sections of our MDNA where such statements appear. In addition, some of the following discussion involves certain non-GAAP financial measures, including references to EBITDA, adjusted EBITDA, adjusted EBT, and adjusted net income. Please refer to our MDNA for a discussion relating to the use of such non-GAAP measures. I'll now turn the call over to Joe Randall. Thank you, Natalie, and good morning, everyone. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to negatively affect the aviation industry. However, there are encouraging signs of recovery. Increasing rates of vaccination are contributing to the lifting of travel restrictions in many markets, and the evidence is there. People are returning to air travel when they feel safe and free to engage in public. These are unprecedented times and unchartered territory. And despite that, we've managed our business well throughout this period and have consistently reported profitable financial results as evidenced by our second quarter net earnings of 12 cents per basic share or 6 cents on an adjusted basis. We continue to generate positive cash flow from operations. We've successfully raised capital, reduced overall debt, and created additional flexibility by increasing the level of our unsecured debt. We've maintained healthy liquidity levels and worked with substantially all of our customers to further strengthen relationships for the long term. At the same time, given COVID-19 complexities and uncertainties, which vary by region, we are realistic in that we, have to, that we do have airline customers continuing to struggle in some countries that are still severely impacted by the pandemic, and this has continued to impact our results. As Gary will explain in more detail, our second quarter earnings were negatively impacted by off-lease aircraft, lower lease revenue due to certain lease amendments, which included term extensions, and the 2021 CPA amendments, 
and a lower foreign exchange rate over the same period last year. As shared in our last report out, we hit important milestones that further strengthened the foundation of our business, such as revising our contract with Air Canada to our mutual benefit. <clears throat> We've also expanded our reach into cargo operations and the aerospace and defense sectors and put our repossessed aircraft to good work with new customers on long-term leases. These accomplishments are commendable given this very challenging environment, but not at all surprising to me when, we, when you consider the incredible talent and expertise of our team. <clears throat> We've now placed all of our repossessed Dash 8400s with three new customers being Connect Airlines, Sky Alps, and Cobham, bringing the number of off-lease aircraft down from 13 at its, at its peak to eight. I'm proud of our team's collaborative efforts in finding opportunities and delivering integrated solutions to place these assets. You may recall that we repossessed these aircraft in 2020 and reconfigured them for return to service at our facilities in North Bay and Halifax, again demonstrating our ability to manage every stage of an aircraft's life cycle. We're managing our leasing business prudently and are maintaining close contact with our customers in the quarter we collected approximately 67% of lease revenue, up from 62% in the first quarter. So as the recovery continues to gather pace around the world, we should also benefit from further increases in our collections. While we do see new leasing opportunities, we're maintaining a cautious approach and we'll be very selective until there's more certainty in passenger travel demand. We are expanding our reach into cargo flying through our three-year contract with Purelater, and we'll look to grow this relationship. Our new agreements with Transport Canada and the Canadian Armed Forces have broadened our work in the aerospace and defense industries. We've already begun to upgrade and modify Transport Canada's National Area Surveillance Program fleet of Dash 8 and Dash 7 aircraft with new surveillance equipment, and our partnership with General Dynamics Mission Systems Canada to provide in-service support for Canada's manned airborne intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance program is in the initial stages as we spool up for the first aircraft delivery scheduled in the third quarter 2022 with the expectation of being fully operational by the end of that quarter. These are exciting developments for us. The impact of these long-term contracts will begin to positively affect Voyager's earnings throughout the second half of 2021 and beyond. On the CPA front, we now have all 25 Embraer 175s on property and will have inducted all of these aircraft into the Jazz fleet by the end of this month. As vaccination numbers in Canada improve and the spread of COVID-19 subsides, Jazz's flying activity is increasing with this expected increase, we've started to recall some of our frontline and administrative employees, and we'll continue to do so as operations ramp up. As previously mentioned, our fixed fee compensation is set under the CTA and does not vary based on flight activity. I extend my gratitude to our employees for delivering another good quarter, especially in this challenging environment, and for doing so safely. We have been very successful to date in mitigating the impact of this crisis on our business and remain confident in our team's ability to manage through the remainder of the pandemic. Thanks very much for your time, and I'll now pass the line over to Gary. 
Thank you, Joe, and good morning. Here's how the second quarter of this year compares to the second quarter of 2020. We generated adjusted EBITDA of $76.9 million and adjusted net income of $11.4 million in the quarter, with decreases of $14.2 and $10.3 million, respectively, resulting in adjusted EPS of $0.06 cents versus $0.13 cents in the second quarter of 2020. This was primarily due to the continued impact of COVID-19 on results, the effects of the recently negotiated CPA amendments that saw Air Kansas Express 70 to 78 seat operations being consolidated within JAZZ, as well as reduction in earnings due to lower US dollar exchange rate. The RAL segment's adjusted EBITDA decreased by 9.4 million, primarily due to lower lease revenue attributable to the continued impact of COVID-19 on results related to off-lease aircraft, negotiated amendments to certain lease agreements, including extensions, and lower earnings due to the lower U.S. dollar exchange rate, partially offset by additional aircraft earning lease revenue. As mentioned earlier, CAC has negotiated significant lease extensions with some of its lessees in exchange for reductions to its original lease rates, thereby strengthening its partnership with its customers and to our mutual benefit despite our near-term reduction in lease rentals. These lease amendments result in reduced revenue over the remaining term of the original lease term as they are accounted for as a new lease from the effective date of the amendments with revenue recognized on a straight line basis over the remaining term in accordance with IFRS 16. The RAS's the RAS segment's adjusted EBITDA decreased by $4.8 million. <clears throat> the second quarter results were impacted by a decrease in fixed margin of $2.4 million in accordance with the CPA contract, an increase in general administrative expenses, offset by an increase in other revenue due to an increase in third-party MRL activity and contract line, and an increase in aircraft leasing revenue under the CPA of $0.3 million, primarily due to nine incremental CRJ 900s, offset by the removal of the Dash 8300 fleet and lower earnings of $3.7 million due to lower U.S. dollar exchange rates. Our quarterly earnings were negatively impacted by lower U.S. dollar exchange rates, which decreased by more than 11%, moving from an average rate of approximately 139, 1.39 in Q2 2020 to $1.23 in Q2 2021. It's important to note the majority of our aircraft leases, leasing revenues are for both RAL and RAS are in US dollars, and we pay principal and interest payments in the same currency, thereby effectively hedging our currency exposure. Adjusted net income was 11.4 million in the quarter, a decrease of $10.3 million due to the $14.2 million decrease in adjusted EBITDA as previously described, an increase in net interest costs of 2.6 million primarily related to the six percent unsecured convertible debentures issued in April 2021 and the increase in debtedness under credit facilities added in the second quarter of 2020 and a $1.4 million increase in adjusted income tax expense, offset by a decrease in depreciation expense of $3.7 million, a decrease of $2.2 million related to foreign exchange, and an increase in gain on property and equipment of $2.1 million. Net income decreased $7.6 million over the period due to the previously noted decrease in adjusted net income of $10.3 million, 
a reduction in net unrealized foreign exchange gains on long-term debt of $10.7 million, and a decrease in income tax recoveries on adjusted items of $3 million, offset by a decrease in impairment provisions of $9.5 million in the rail segment, and a reduction in net lease repossession costs of $5.3 million. Now turning to liquidity. <clears throat> we ended the second quarter with $177.9 million in liquidity, an increase of $6.6 million from the first quarter of 2021, due to the positive cash flows from operations of $15 million, the receipt of the net proceeds from the 2021 capital raise of $138.1 million, an increase in cash related to changes in restricted cash and security deposits of $18.8 million, offset by additions to property and equipment of $10.6 million, primarily arising from investments in the reconfiguration of off-lease and released aircraft, debt repayments of $154.7 million related to scheduled repayments of $49.1 million, early repayments of amortizing term loans on six aircraft totaling $71.7 million, and the repayment of all deferred amounts owing under aircraft loans of $33.9 million. Other key liquidity movements during the quarter include the increased receivable from Air Canada of $20.1 million, primarily related to the controllable cost guardrail and increased flying and other activities. Increased rail lease receivables by $2.6 million and decreased accounts payable of $20.2 million due to the semi-annual repayments on aircraft leases and interest owing along with reductions in general trade payables. As of June 30th, the controllable cost guardrail was $10.2 million over the agreed cap of $20 million and the excess amount was paid last month in line with the CPA agreement. We have seen Canadian air travel begin to spring back to life here in the second quarter. With that, we expect the current level of working capital requirements to continue throughout the remainder of the year as the CPA operations ramp up very quickly. As COVID impact varies by region and our CAC portfolio is global in nature, we anticipate that CAC's gross lease receivable at 56.3 million US at the end of the second quarter could increase up to 60 million US by the end of the fourth quarter of 2021, which is consistent with our overall shared last quarter. Planned capital expenditures in 2021, including capitalized major maintenance overhauls, are estimated to be between 19 and 29 million. This estimate includes between 8 and 12 million that will be included in the controllable costs and paid by Air Canada. Planned aircraft-related acquisitions are expected to be between 41 and 50 million in 2021. Actual spend at June 30th, 2021 was 40.6 million. While there are no further significant capital growth expenditures forecast for 2021 at this time, we continue to prudently evaluate new transactions while also remarketing our off-lease aircraft. We are also focused on creating additional flexibility in our capital structure by paying down our adjusted net debt. By the end of the second quarter, we successfully completed a capital uh, raise with gross proceeds of $145.1 million and reduced, it, reduced our adjusted net debt by $153.6 million. We also increased our percentage of unsecured debt to approximately 14% of total debt and brought our unencumbered asset pool to approximately 110 million US. We, can, we anticipate continuing with our debt reductions 
while evaluating growth opportunities over the course of this year. Before opening the call to questions from the analyst community, I would like to, to, like to acknowledge the continued outstanding efforts of our team during the first half of 2021 in a challenging and evolving operating environment. That concludes my commentary. Thank you for listening. Operator, we can open the call to questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be polled in the order that they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star followed by two. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Your first question comes from Kevin from CIBC. Please go ahead. Hi. Uh, good morning, everybody. Thank you for taking my question. Um, maybe if I could just ask a question on, on FX and, and, and versus a, a, a year over year, maybe just quarter over quarter. So, so if I look at just the underlying trends, uh, look to have improved from from Q1 into Q2, but but uh, I guess in both segments on a sequential basis, your adjusted EBITDA was down roughly three million um, uh, in, in, in both your segments. There, just just wondering if you had to frame it like how much of that sequential decline was due to the strengthening sequential CAD versus maybe some of the other moving parts you you highlighted. Yeah, I think if you look at this, Kevin and Gary here. Uh, good morning. Um, when I look at uh, you know the FF, the year-over-year uh, -year decrease, uh, if you look at Q2 this year versus last year, it was almost a 16 cent decline, which is about 11.4 percent or 11 and a half. So you can see it was pretty significant in the quarter. And throughout the MD&A, there we do uh, show show the impact in the various units. And uh, with that, um, you know we we did have a pretty substantial impact year-over-year. Year. If you look to last quarter, which was kind of a level-setting period for us, uh, as you know, because we did the CPA amendments and there, you know, there was a lot of uh, pieces at play and it is a good uh, proxy. Even just from last quarter, we saw nearly a four-cent uh, decrease in the average rate. And, you know, that impacted us by almost $2 million across the, the business, I think around 1.8 if you, if you look at the uh, average exchange rate. So uh, you can see in our disclosure, we put in the average exchange rate in the back table. And uh, just to highlight it, while we don't have foreign exchange exposure per se in the sense we pay debt in the U.S., we earn revenue in the U.S., we do have that translation issue. And we just wanted to highlight that for everybody um, as we move ahead so that you can you know, look at your modeling and, and your, your figures and, and adjust accordingly because we are seeing you know, some short-term Volatility in that U.S. dollar amount. That that, that makes sense. It, 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 and I apologize if it's in your disclosure here. Um, do, do you have a like a rule of thumb in terms of? Uh, I, I appreciate your, your naturally hedged throughout the PNL there, but just from an EBITDA or, or even an operating income perspective, every you know penny move in the in the in the CAD is is X dollars yeah. to your EBITDA or operating income. Is, is there a rule of thumb we should be yeah. thinking about here? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think when you look at the foreign exchange exposure on to adjusted EBITDA, you should be looking at the revenue uh, on, uh, for the leases under the CPA. That was about $35 million in the quarter. And for RAL, the uh, adjusted EBITDA is all in U.S. funds. It's a U.S.-based uh, entity. It does have some euro loans under there, but it is a U.S. consolidated entity into a Canadian. That was about $25 million in adjusted EBITDA. So if you, if you use that, those two as your proxy for the impact, 
you would look at a one cent change in your exchange rate, you'd have about a half a million dollars roughly in the quarter. So uh, okay. annually, it's about $2 million. Okay, that is super helpful. Thank you. Yep. Um, and maybe just turning back to, 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 to the ramp up here, maybe first, you know, as you, as you bring you know, labor back on, as you, as you rebuild the network uh, to reflect the improving outlook for domestic travel, can you remind me how the CPA covers this? It, it does seem like if you look at south of the border, some of the airlines are having some issues bringing this on to, to the extent that there's some level of, uh, let's call it inefficiency. Is, is this covered by the CPA or, or do you have to kind of predict this pretty pretty accurately and, and any, you know, any, any, uh, any miss kind of gets borne onto your P&L? Okay, so back to the amendments with the CPA, we are exposed only by the $2 million plus or minus on the guardrail. So what ends up happening, Kevin, is we ramp up here. What we're seeing is we're investing, obviously, in more training and startup costs. Those are covered under the CPA, and that's why you've seen the, a bit more of an investment around $10 million in the quarter in that. Mm -hmm. And it'll, you know, we expect to see that investment continue along. So our exposure is limited to the plus or minus $2 million on the guardrail despite the, the startup. So look at it. Uh, there is no P&L impact other than the $2 million. It's a working okay. capital investment we'll make over the balance of the year. Okay, that, that's helpful. And just last one for me, kind of on the same, on the, along the same vein there. Just as you're calling people back, are, are you seeing any issues in terms of labor availability or, or even and bottlenecks, uh, you know, in terms of training, or, or has it been pretty seamless? Uh, no, well, the ramp-up has been very fast. Uh, okay. You know, we've been adding a lot of capacity for Canada. Um, but generally, um, you know, there there are there's an occasional hiccup, but uh, it's going well. People are coming back to work, et cetera. So, um, you know, before too long, things should be very, very even and and settle down. Um, but obviously, when you have an operation that's coming back as quickly, um, it can be challenging on any given day operationally. But um, but overall, I have to say, things have been going well. Excellent. You know, it's nice to see travel return here. I'll, I'll leave it there. Thanks for taking my questions. Thanks, Kevin. Your next question comes from Cameron from the National Bank. Please go ahead. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, good, good morning. Um, a couple of questions on the, I guess, the, the aircraft leasing business. Um, you know, you've done a pretty good job of, of remarketing the, the Q400s that, uh, that you repossessed. Just wondering if you can talk a bit about the prospects for the uh, eight remaining aircraft that are off uh, off lease? Yeah. Um, well, you know, we hope to have positive things to say about this uh, soon, but uh, we are making progress. Um, we're optimistic, um, you know, so uh, stay tuned. Um, you know, I, I think uh, the team has done a great job of reaching out in the market and finding opportunities. So um, we are optimistic about placing the majority of the remaining airplanes uh, in the not too distant future. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, no, that's that, that's great to hear. Uh, and I guess sort of secondarily is is if, assuming you do get those aircraft back on lease, uh, given, I guess, the renegotiated rates you've had with with some of your customers uh, in return for some some lease extensions, uh, you know, is this a can this be a, a profitable business again uh, going forward, or, or do you is there something that's changed at all fundamentally, um, you know, or, or do you actually need to have all those aircraft back on lease uh, to to get back to to a net profitability? Well, you know, the the lease rates are lower. There's um, there's a surplus of airplanes that have come out as a result of the pandemic. The market is now absorbing some of that as it comes back. So, you know, the lease rates for those repossessed airplanes are, are certainly lower than the original lease rates. Um, and, you know, I expect that will probably occur on repossessed airplanes for the next little while. But, um, you know, the outlook on the business is actually uh, pretty positive because we believe that as the market comes back, and there will be a good demand for regional air travel and that more carriers will be interested in leasing airplanes than uh, were previously because, you know, their balance sheets have been uh, hit by this as well. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think the business is, is going to come back. There's no question. But the big question for everybody is exactly when. And, um, you know, as you can see in the media every day, one day you're optimistic, the next day there's somebody rains on the parade. And, um, you know, it's, it's challenging. But, um, you know, it's going to take a little while. Um, you know, we've worked to keep the aircraft that we have with our customers in place and productive. And, you know, while we've, uh, we've, we've worked with them in terms of their, uh, their payments, uh, you know, the good news is that we're extending term and that, um, you know, the time at which we will get this fleet back will be extended into the future. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's tough right now, but, uh, you know, we're optimistic that things will come around. And uh, Cameron and Gary here, I think a couple things to note. We've had 13 aircraft off lease, and we'll get those back to work, so the revenue will start to, you know, uh, come in for those aircraft. We've also, uh, as you noted in our disclosure, paid down just over $70 million of debt down below in RAL, so that will certainly help from that side. And I'd also point out that, you know, some of the cost and, and expected credit loss that you're seeing, you know, um, you know, we hope over the course of time those will come down. So you combine a lot of those things, and we do expect to, you know, return to some level of profitability here as we move ahead. Okay, no, that, that that's helpful. And maybe just lastly for me, just a quick uh, modeling question. Uh, just around uh, around depreciation expense because it's 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 moved around quite a bit in, in recent quarters. There's been uh, you know some unusual things happening as well. I'm just looking at the, the sort of the Q2 depreciation number. Is, is that a kind of a good run rate uh, based on the the current fleet size that you have right now? Yeah, I would think it would be. Uh, Pam. Um it's you know we've gone through a few um, adjustments as you know with the CPA and uh, with all that. I think it's a pretty reasonable run rate moving ahead. Yes. Perfect. All right. Appreciate the time.
Thank you. Your next question comes from Sean Levine from TD. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning. Um, maybe just touching upon uh, Cameron's question in a bit of a different way. If we look at the leasing segment, uh, obviously a sequential decline there in revenue in U.S. dollars uh, from Q1 to Q2. Um, that's despite some of the Q400 starting to generate revenue again. And you know, you mentioned in the prepared remarks that there were certain lease amendments. I'm wondering if you can expand on those lease amendments a little bit, uh, perhaps touching on how this could impact other customers if you know industry lease rates are coming down. So it, uh, sorry, it's Gary here. So in the quarter, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, we came down in U.S. revenue. We and when you convert it over into Canadian, obviously the foreign exchange was in there. And then, you know, we had the lease modifications in there uh, for uh, for those or the lease amendments. When you look at the aircraft we just placed, they had a minimal impact in the quarter uh, because they got placed during the quarter. So um, there's not a large impact from those. But, uh, you know, moving ahead, you know, we're going to look for win-win situations with our leasing clients and uh, look to, uh, you know, create value. It, it, when we look at it, it could have some uh, impacts like you saw, but, uh, you know, we continue to try and minimize those as best we can and, and create the most value we can. Okay, thanks. Um, and then just looking at the um, the Dash 8 aircraft that have, uh, have recently been removed from the CPA with Air Canada, um, I know there's a, a number of options available to you for those aircraft. Um, including just selling them, leasing, parting out, or using for cargo. I'm just wondering if you can update us on how conversations with potential customers are going for the monetization of those assets. Yeah, we're continuing to um, assess the market, and, you know, it, it, it's time-dependent as well because, um, you know, we need to be careful in entering into any type of an agreement to sell or lease these assets at very, very depressed rates when you feel the market could be coming back and being stronger, which we do believe is the case. Um, so we are looking at different options for the airplanes. Um, you know, there are still a number of them in the CPA that are being operated and will be operated, um, you know, until probably the end of the year or slightly into the new year. So, um, so you know, the aircraft are active, et cetera. But we continue to see these assets as being very valuable. And it depends, though, on the timing and, um, you know, exactly what we do. So it's a work in progress, um, but I, I really can't tell you more than that, other than, you know, we believe these Dash 8 300s are very valuable. The 50-seat airplanes are, are, you know, there's only one manufacturer. It's very expensive, a new ATR-42. Um, and these aircraft have a lot of life. As you know, we put the life extension program into these airplanes to extend their life uh, by another 50% over the existing life. And, um, you know, we believe that as the market comes back, there will be good demand. And as well, you know, we're making progress in the cargo business, as we talked about there. And, uh, you know, we've converted a number of the Dash 8 100s and are looking to, uh, to do more of that. And these are assets that we have as well that uh, are presently idle. So, um, you know, I think we've got good leverage going forward in terms of how we use these Dash 8 classics uh, uh, really through our Voyager operation. Great. Thanks for the color. I'll pass the line. 
Your next question comes from Matthew Lee from Canaccord. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, you know, maybe I'll just, uh, you know, rephrase a similar question to my peers here. Um, you know, on a constant currency basis, you know, with all the puts and takes in the leasing business, are you expecting, uh, you know, constant currency revenue growth sequentially in Q3 and Q4? Um, you know, when we look out over the next number of quarters, uh, it would be very modest. Uh, we, those three aircraft, based on what we have uh, announced today, those three aircraft would have very modest impact, so it would be pretty flat. All right, fair enough. And then maybe on the, uh, you know, RAS side, can you maybe discuss any, you know, one-time SG&A impacts that may have impacted the quarter? I think EBITDA was a little bit lower than it's been over the, over the past four quarters, and I'm just trying to figure out if there was anything that... Uh, impacted there? Yeah, no, there's there's nothing out of the ordinary. We do have, you know, plus or minus, you know, a couple million dollars that go through in any given quarter. Um, when I look back even to last, you know, quarter over quarter, Q1 of this year to Q2 this year, um, you know, it doesn't take much to uh, move the needle, but we just have small amounts that make their way through. Sometimes they manifest themselves a little more in one quarter than another. So, um, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think uh, I would read much into that other than that piece. And on the, uh, you know, so on, that's on the right side, right? Right. And then just lastly from me, you know, the $65 million that you quote in terms of valuation for the Dash shades, is that what they would be currently valued at, at what you would consider depressed level? So, I mean, there's upside from that number yep. um, as airlines mm -hmm. continue, continue to grow? Yeah, so the, the way that works is when you, you assess them, you have to look at the current market value or what you think the aircraft are worth. And when we assess them, it was in the current environment. So the answer is, you know, it's based on where we see it today. Um, can't comment on where it'll move in the future, other than you know we feel those assets are, you know, uh, you know, fairly valued, and and we think there there's there's going to be a market for them moving ahead. So. All right. Thanks. I'll pass the line. Yep. Your next question comes from Walter from RBC. Please go ahead. Hi, it's uh, Ryan Stroud calling in for Walter. Good morning, everyone. Morning. You're a little muffled, Walter. Oh, can you, can you hear me better now? A little bit. That's a little better, yeah. Okay, okay, sorry about that. Um, so, so my first question, just with the, the $155 million being put towards debt reduction during the quarter, does, does this mark a material change in your near-term and, and maybe even medium-term plans to procure new aircraft and grow the leasing business? Sorry, I didn't get the full question. I got the 155 million in debt reduction. You're you're very muffled. Sorry, does does, does that market change in your in your plans to uh, procure new aircraft and grow the leasing business? Uh, no, we continue to look and assess for prudent and, and you know creative transactions in the leasing side. Uh, the the pay down in debt, you know, was our way of uh, certainly uh, bring down our adjusted net debt and right sizing the balance sheet in, in, in that. So um, it doesn't impact at all how we're assessing the market and how we're moving forward. We continue to look, look forward for, for good transactions. <laughs> okay, okay, that's helpful. And then just a quick question kind of on, on the Delta variant. And, you know, we saw Southwest come out and uh, recently reduced their, their near-term outlook. Um, have you seen a, a similar impact at all from the Delta on flying activity at some of your regional leasing customers, or has it been pretty muted this far? Yeah. No, I, I think I got the question. You're 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 a little muffled. I think it's the effect of the Delta variant and the utilization on the fleet uh, and our leasing customers. 
Um, you know, the, the utilization of the fleet uh, by our leasing co customers continues to improve, which is a good sign. Um, so, uh, you know, each of these countries is in a different place, certainly, but, um, you know, as we've said before, especially in some of these developing countries where they have some of the greatest challenges, um, you know, our fleet provides uh, essential services in terms of remote areas and things of that nature. So. Um, Utilization is increasing, but still has a ways to go. Okay, okay, that's it for me. Thanks, everyone. I'll pass the line. Your next question comes from David from Cormac Securities. Please go ahead. Uh, thanks. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Morning. I, I just wanted to circle back on the regional leasing uh, or third-party leasing revenue and, and get a sense on, on how many of the, the 52 leases that you have outstanding have been negotiated lower and how many are, are still in negotiation today? So, you know, we won't go into the existing customers. We've been working through those, but the three aircraft that got placed were certainly lower than where they started. Um, if that answers that question, but we can't go into the existing customers. Okay. But uh, can we expect more pressure on that, that revenue line item going forward then? Um, you know, right now we're, we're seeing it as flat, but look, the, the reality is the COVID variants and, and the industry is still, um, you know, making its way through it. So there is possibility that there could be uh, uh, some more noise in that as, as we move ahead, but it's certainly we're looking for the win-wins in, in this situation, um, right? So that's the way we've been, uh, that's the way we're approaching it. Yeah, I, I think it's probably best to look at it right now. Uh, uh, you know, we don't want to be super optimistic or super pessimistic is that it's steady as it goes. Yeah. Um, you know, we we have some customers that uh, have not uh, have uh, had the lease rate and the lease agreement continue in full effect and others that have been been challenged. Yeah. So it's really a mixture. Yeah. And as we mentioned in the quarter, you know, uh, once we strike one of these agreements, it's a new agreement and it gets accounted for the revenue based on that new agreement over a straight line basis. So, you know, if new agreements come up, you could still see more of that. But, you know, we continue to work with our clients to recover as much of the original lease as we can and obtain the best benefit we can. Okay, and, and then the planes that you guys have re remarketed, and, and it might be entirely coincidental that they're all Q400s from the same customer, uh, but is there a preference that you're seeing in the marketplace between the aircraft types, like the, the T-400s may have more demand versus the ATRs and CRJs? No material difference. Um, you know, it's just that the customers that um, we place those airplanes uh, with had specific circumstances that made the, the uh, Dash-8400 more appealing. But the ATR continues to be a, a very marketable asset. Um, you know, and they continue to manufacture the ATRs, whereas, of course, uh, you know, the Dash 8400 manufacturing is uh, on a pause. Um, so, you know, I, th I think, um, you know, because there are no new airplanes, it may help with some of the placement of the older ones there, but uh, it's hard to say. Both assets are, are really very well accepted, and, um, you know, the majority of what we have left of the um, – of the aircraft we have left, we have six ATR-72s uh, and two CRJ-900s. So, uh, but uh, again, 
you know, on the triple prop side, um, you know, this is a market that we feel is is resilient and will be and demonstrate that I think as it comes back because of the special geographies and conditions that this fleet operates in. Okay, that's helpful. That's it for me. Thank you. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press star followed by one. There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed. Thank you, operator, and thank you, everyone, for taking the time to be with us this morning. Uh, we'll now conclude the call and uh, wish you a good day. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.